Welcome everybody to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. My name is Austin, and this week the episode's going to be admittedly a little bit shorter than usual, but rather than just giving you guys a rerun of a classic episode of DQFM, because we've had to do that a couple times recently, I wanted to at least record up a little short episode to give you guys something new to listen to this week. And if you know anything about me at all, it's that I really like Dragon Quest VI more than most people. I really enjoyed playing Dragon Quest VI. Been thinking about replaying it, uh, especially the last couple of months. I've been kind of hankering for some Dragon Quest VI. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to do a little episode talking about Dragon Quest VI some more. It's a game BJ hasn't played so since he's not around. Seemed like a good time to talk about it. <laughs> if you have not played Dragon Quest VI, though, kind of be forewarned, today's episode will have a few minor spoilers. I'm not going to do anything too crazy like last week's episode dealing with timelines and things like that where it's going to spoil a ton of stuff, but there's definitely going to be a few spoilers about Dragon Quest VI in this episode. So if you have not played Dragon Quest VI yet and you would like to check it out for yourself, then maybe skip over this episode. And like I said, it's a short one, so you're not missing, you're not missing too much if you skip over this week's episode. We had kind of touched on this, I guess, like a year ago or more, whenever we were dealing with Chrono Trigger's release, and I had talked about how it had the influence, the impact that it had on Dragon Quest VI was most definitely there, and kind of uh, thought, you know what, maybe that makes a good topic for today. Let's talk about kind of Chrono Trigger and Dragon Quest VI, and how those two releases kind of impacted each other. So... Chrono Trigger and Dragon Quest VI both came out in 1995. Uh, Chrono Trigger came out first, and it had Yuji Horii, of course. It had Akira Toriyama handling the character designs and things like that. It had Hironobu Sakaguchi handling, uh, handling gameplay and things like that, and had a lot of big-name people uh, in charge. As the story goes, if you haven't heard it before, uh, basically... Yuji Horii, Sakaguchi, uh, maybe Toriyama, they were all like headed out to uh, the West, to the U.S. Uh, for like this game showcase. They got to talk and they kind of decided, hey, let's make this video game together. And yada, yada, yada. Eventually, Chrono Trigger was the end result of that product. Now, Chrono Trigger has been very well received. A lot of people consider it one of the greatest JRPGs of all time. Since Chrono Trigger's release, though, Yuji Horii has been pretty much like, no, no, I'm never going to do another one. I'm not going to do another one. Dragon Quest is my thing. I'm sticking with it. And I think part of that is that he feels a little responsible for Dragon Quest VI's kind of underwhelming reception because he was busy working on Chrono Trigger, doing things with Chrono Trigger, that he feels like maybe Dragon Quest VI suffered because of that. And there are interviews with Yuji Horii where he's talked about, okay, yeah, we wanted to develop plot A further in Dragon Quest VI, but, you know, we got really busy with Chrono Trigger and we just had to scrap that. And that there were ideas that he had for Dragon Quest VI that either had to be scrapped completely because of Chrono Trigger or were at least not as developed as he had hoped. And maybe one of the most famous of this is the whole Ashland uh, dragon connection, which if you've listened to our Questable, Questy Boys uh, episodes, then you've heard us discuss that 
a little bit, which is for now, at least it's a fan theory that says that Ashlyn is really the dragon. She's the dragon that swoops in and carries uh, Millie and Carver and our hero over into Murdoch's castle. Uh, you see him at the beginning of the game, then, you know, about what, a third of the way through whenever you get there, actually in the story, you see that again. And, then the dragon made it onto the cover, the Super Famicom cover, I guess I should say. Uh, it's been on uh, the manga adaptation cover. I mean, it's a pretty popular dragon. And the whole theory there is that that is really Ashlyn. And the Ashlyn, that's why you never see her other form uh, in the other realm is because she is she's a dragon. And it's a really cool fan theory, whether it's true or not. Uh, I mean, it seems certainly possible. I believe Yuji Hori has even said, someone has, and I'm pretty sure it's Yuji Hori, said when asked about that theory, was like, yeah, that could be possible. That seems like something that might, that, that could happen. And, and that's probably as close to official information as we will ever get. It's kind of like, a, oh yeah, that's cool. I guess that could happen. And so all of this is to say that there were story elements, uh, character elements, things like that in Dragon Quest VI that suffered, quote unquote, because of Chrono Trigger releasing. Now, Chrono Trigger would have come out, depending on who you ask, uh, it would have come out in either March uh, 1995, or uh, if you were over in the States, you probably got it in August of 1995. And again, uh, we did like some extensive research about the release date of Chrono Trigger because there is some confusion about the actual release date in the States and uh, wrote up a post on that over uh, the DragonQuestAustin.com. You can read it there if you want to. Uh, but this this is all old news if you've listened to the podcast uh, for the last couple of years. So I'm not going to kind of touch on that too much. But Chrono Trigger came out then, and then Dragon Quest VI would have come out, I believe, in December of 1995. So there were a good, depending on you know <laughs> where you are, uh, at least in Japan, uh, let's say, there were a good, like, what, six to eight months there where uh, Chrono Trigger was out, people were playing it, and had a, I mean, it had a pretty good amount of hype, you know, you had, you had some big names from Final Fantasy, some big names from Dragon Quest, uh, you just had big names all around thrown into this uh, now classic game. Part of me wonders if maybe that affected it a little bit, is that Chrono Trigger came out, people were super into it. Dragon Quest VI came out, and people were like, oh, it's just, this just isn't as good as, as Chrono Trigger. Or maybe this isn't as good as Dragon Quest V. Which, admittedly, Dragon Quest IV and V are some of the best in the entire series. So yes, Dragon Quest VI d did have a whole lot to live up to. And so maybe that accounts for some of the kind of lukewarm reception that Dragon Quest VI got. Now, it wasn't just story that was really kind of impacted uh, from Chrono Trigger's release. Uh, there were also some weird character things going on uh, in the background, some weird elements from other Dragon Quest games that got roped in and pulled into Dragon Quest VI. Uh, almost at the last minute, um, you had uh, like the, the Stormsgate Citadel, for instance, um, was, was supposed to be in Dragon Quest V. Uh, they were, there was lots of monsters that were drawn for Dragon Quest V that never made it into V and then were thrown in there uh, for Dragon Quest VI. The Pudge Devil uh, is actually, it was supposed to be Grandmaster Nimzo's first form, uh, which if you look at the Pudge Devil from Dragon Quest VI and then you look at Nimzo from V, uh, they do look a, a lot alike. 
you also could probably notice that the Pudge Devil looks a whole lot like Murdaw. Uh, so that all of that can kind of account for some of the, uh, I guess, weirdness, inconsistencies, odd things between five and six is that it looks like a lot of stuff that was in Dragon Quest six was thrown in to or that was planned for Dragon Quest five was thrown in to Dragon Quest six. And that's common. I mean, it's not that, especially in long running series like this, it's pretty common that, hey, you have you have something from game A and then it doesn't make it in. And so then you reuse it for game B. It happens in movie series all the time. Star Wars is famous for doing that. Things that were shelved from other movies were put into later movies. Um, The thing with Link's like super arm that was supposed to make it into Breath of the Wild looks like it's probably going to be in Breath of the Wild too. I mean, it's not unusual for this kind of thing to happen in the video game industry, film industry, TV industry. This kind of thing is not uncommon, but it is kind of like maybe foreboding just because of the reception that Dragon Quest VI got that, hey, they did kind of take up some scrapped ideas from five and throw it into six. Was it because... Toriyama and Yuji Horii were super busy with Chrono Trigger that they were just like, oh, we'll just pull things from five that we haven't used yet and throw it into six to kind of speed this along. Was that the reason behind all of it? Maybe. Um, They have never said like for certain yes, or at least nothing that I could find in any interviews, English, Japanese or otherwise. I could not find anything where they were like, yes, this is why this is why we pulled the the content, the scrapped content from five and threw it into six. It was Chrono Trigger's fault. But just kind of reading between the lines here and knowing some of the things that were going on in the background, it certainly seems possible that maybe they were really busy with Chrono Trigger. They had these designs and things from six, from five already and we're like, oh, throw them into six. It's fine. It'll be fine. And hence uh, Pudge Devil, Murdaw, uh, looking like uh, what was supposed to be Nimzo's first form in five. And hence things uh, like uh, locations and stuff that were scrapped from five, making their way into, into six. There's also uh, the long lost protagonist. I'm doing air quotes right now. You can't see me. Uh, I'm saying long lost protagonist because at this point it's pretty well known. It was in the 30th anniversary edition. Am I getting my... Uh, my anniversaries mixed up. I think it was the 30th one, the Akira Toriyama Dragon Quest illustrations book, a uh, book that released uh, that had illustrations from all the other ones. It had this one of a hero and it looked a lot like Terry, but gray instead of green. Uh, he was scrapped. The Yuji Hori apparently said that that look was too distinctive for a main hero, which I'm like, what? What are you talking about? But it was apparently too distinctive for a main hero. So that is why they gave Six's hero, the blue spiky hair and that whole look. And the influence with Terry, though, is very noticeable. I mean, this guy, from the scowl on his face to his bandana, I mean, just everything looks like an earlier version of Terry. Just this guy, his his look is very much gray with a little bit of orange, whereas Terry, uh, you know, is brighter, like green or blue, depending on, you know, what, what Dragon Quest game you're playing, uh, looks like that. And uh, Yuji Hori has even stated that the Dragon Quest 
Six Hero was originally going to be Terry. The illustrations book, the Akira Toriyama illustrations book, kind of speculates that maybe Yuji Hori was really referring to this unused hero design and not Terry himself because they look so similar. And again, that's the book, which is official, but not Yuji Hori himself. And so that is a possibility. Either way, the protagonist was apparently kind of hard to nail down in this game, which may account for some people, BJ included, feeling like Six's hero just kind of looks meh. Same thing with with characters. If you looked at if you look at the characters, you can really see a lot of of characters that look similar to those found in Chrono Trigger. And it's not just Akira Toriyama. Yes, Akira Toriyama's designs can get a little too samey a little too often. I mean, he's been doing it for like, what, 40 years? So yes, there's going to be some repetition and things that, that look a lot alike. But if you look at the characters in Chrono Trigger and then you look at the characters in Dragon Quest VI, they just, they really look a lot alike. A lot of the story beats, um, you know, from even the famous, you know, campfire scene in Chrono Trigger is totally recreated here in Dragon Quest VI. The kind of story beats, Chrono Trigger is dealing with traveling through time in different locations. Dragon Quest VI is very much concerned with traveling to different realms. There's a lot of realms in Dragon Quest VI. And that's one of the reasons I love it so much is because there's like always some, feels like there's always some new area to explore. There's not just like the real world and the dream world. There's like the dark world and there's like, you know, the world of things that are existing under the sea and things like that. I felt like Sebastian just now under the sea. And like there's all of that in this game. And I think from a storytelling standpoint, it's hard not to see Chrono Trigger's influence. Whereas Chrono Trigger was very episodic. You know, you're going to different time periods and doing this kind of stuff. Uh, in a lot of ways, 6 is as well. It's not quite so linear. It's definitely not nearly as short of a game as Chrono Trigger is. Its episodes are divided up more into what realms you're in, the realms you're tackling, rather than time periods. But I think all of that is really uh, influenced and comes from uh, Chrono Trigger itself. Whether we'll ever really know the extent uh, that Chrono Trigger, the, like the impact, the extent of the impact uh, Chrono Trigger had on Dragon Quest VI, who knows? Maybe maybe one day Yuji Hori will write a memoir. I will definitely buy that memoir. And maybe he'll let everybody know more of what was going on uh, behind the scenes. But just from piecing together things that we have from old interviews, the Dragon Quest illustrations book, uh, and then just, you know, seeing it with your own eyeballs, uh, the similarities between Chrono Trigger and Dragon Quest VI, it's kind of hard to ignore that, yes, these games are similar. Yes, Chrono Trigger really impacted Dragon Quest VI. And I think it's hard to say what kind of game Dragon Quest VI would have been without Chrono Trigger releasing. If Yuji Hori had never, you know, met up with these guys, agreed to this idea, done these things... Who knows what Dragon Quest VI would have looked like. Maybe Dragon Quest VI would have just been Chrono Trigger at that point. I mean, I, I doubt it because Sakaguchi wouldn't have been involved. But there w probably would have been uh, some some similarities there. I think as much as I love Dragon Quest VI, I do think, especially with the storytelling and some of the story beats that are kind of just left like open-ended a little bit, that it's kind of like, yeah, okay, maybe they got a little lazy with with cutting things or not including things rather into Dragon Quest VI, maybe they were a little too busy with Chrono Trigger to really fully flesh out some of these ideas. As much as I love Dragon Quest VI, that is one thing that I can agree with 
the kind of haters on is that yes, the story of Dragon Quest VI is a little underwhelming. There's story elements in Dragon Quest VI where you're like, oh, this could be really cool if they just took it a step further. Or there's parts where you're really confused by everything because you're like, okay, this needed some clarity or like there's like a missing chunk of plot here that should be here. Like, like what's going on? And so I do think that is a valid complaint and criticism with Dragon Quest VI. But overall, I love Dragon Quest VI. I love the characters. I love the world. I love the vocations. I mean, there's just... Uh, there's just a lot about the game that I enjoy. And if you haven't played Dragon Quest VI and you still listen to this whole episode, then I really encourage you to to, to play it and, and see it for yourself. And maybe don't, not saying don't listen to all the negativity out there, but try to like inform your own opinions. If someone tells you Dragon Quest VI sucks, like maybe play it and just see it for yourself. Same thing for me for telling you it's awesome. Like take that with a grain of salt and play it. And then let me know what you think. If you think it's as good as... I am making it out to be, or if you're agreeing with the folks who say it's awful. And uh, hopefully we'll get a Switch port of it one day. Um, I have the DS version. I bought the British version. And so in my mind, it's always going to be Dragon Quest VI Realms of Reverie and not Realms of Revelation because they did a title swap for the EU. And so uh, that's the way I played it. And anytime I see it brought up as Realms of Revelation, I always do a double take. Uh, because I'm like, what? And same thing with the strategy guide that I bought for it. Uh, I ended up getting the the guide for it after I'd already you know, bought and played the game and stuff. And then on the cover of the strategy guide, it says Realms of Revelation. And I kind of did a double take because I'm always forgetting that because I, I bought the European version, which was cheaper at the time. Now they're both ridiculously expensive. Uh, it's on mobile, but you know, I'm not going to it's hard for me to recommend um, any mobile version of a game, but hey, it's better than spending $300 for a DS game. Uh, so definitely worth uh, checking out. And hey, at least we got it in English. There was a really long wait to get uh, some of these Dragon Quest games over here. Got them on the DS. Now they're on mobile. So let's just be thankful for that. And I, I think that's where I'm going to end today. I'm going to end with a little bit of positivity there and just say, thankfully, we got it at all. Like I said, I know this episode is shorter uh, than usual, but it's just me. I'm also pre-recording this because I'm about to take a little vacation and I'm trying my hardest not to be on a phone, a computer, or anything for like a solid week. I'm just going to go out into the wilderness and uh, and just stay out there away from technology for a little bit. So, uh, so all of that accounts for this episode being short, but I hope you guys still enjoyed it anyway. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at DragonQuestFM. You can find me individually on Twitter at DragonQuaston. And if you want to check out our Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash DragonQuestFM. And a special shout out and thank you to all of our Patreon patrons. We love you guys. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye.